The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Dating Intelligence, the podcast where we give relationship advice from dating the marriage and everything else in between, and always with the goal of helping you to continuously be the best you at all times. So if you're looking for real life and honest information to help you navigate your relationships, we've got you covered. All right. We got you covered. All right, guys. Hello. Hello. We got another episode today and Jamie looks stunning as usual, my dear. God, you're, rush. I've been telling everybody like just recently because we've been doing this so much like you're like my fucking twin man like like everything that you wear and we do it's just always on point together I got you. yeah but then coffee. the coffee thing this morning when you yeah. like did that heads up I was like oh my god you read my mind and you're golden girl love Aww, you for that thank yeah. you I like the orange thank you very much 23 is my favorite number all right I'll start wearing it more it's often lucky lucky so it's weird that you're wearing that <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So we have an amazing guest today. We're just going to jump right into it because he's short on time, but we're just happy to have him in today. So our guest today has pretty much seen and done just about everything that would make anyone's bucket list envious. He's a high stakes poker player, playboy and businessman, and pretty much has single handedly kept Instagram in existence with his massive social following. With the recent relief of his book called The Setup, it's a memoir of his fast paced, try to keep up with me lifestyle and no holds bar approach that makes this book definitely worth checking out. Please welcome Dan Bilzerian to the show. Ooh. What's up, brother? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I feel Look at him. He's blushing over here, I think, a little bit. I like that. Thanks That's for joining the show. That's what everyone says. You're so good at that. I, I work hard. I feel One like you I, do your homework. Thank you. And I do do my homework. I work I, hard with I my intros. And I want to make sure that everyone, they get their due just because, I mean, first of all, we're just happy to have you here, man. Thank you so much. And I got to say, before you ask him this, I go, has anyone ever told you that you're like an, like an accelerated 2.0 of James Bond with your life? <laughs> has anyone ever told you this? Am I the first? Um, yeah. yeah you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it's like, if you really think about all that he's done in his life, he's like fucking James Bond. I know. And I feel like so many people hate on you, which actually bothers me. And now I've like found myself like standing up for you. Love yeah. That. I mean, I don't know. I feel like... I was guilty of it too. I mean, it's really easy to judge people by like what they, you know, put off on the internet. And then so many times I've met people that I thought looked really cool on the internet and then they weren't or mm -hmm. people that I thought I would hate and then I liked them. So yeah, I've learned that lesson myself. So I, it'd be kind of hypocritical to like judge people for not liking me when I've done the same thing. You know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we were talking about, well, first of all, I just want to say you have amazing hair. Yeah. Can we I check know. out his hair? <laughs> like right when you walked in, I was like, ooh, can I touch it? <laughs> I, I, you know, and I'm just, I mean, because I'm never going to get that hair again. So I'm just envious of the beard because mm -hmm. my beard only grows like so much. And I'm always envious of like the long beard. Yeah. I've always wanted one of those. So like... I, I have a tendency of this. I don't know if you've watched our show at all, but sometimes I'm like sidetrack and I squirrel. So really quick, do you have a hairstylist here and do they come to your house? 
Yes and yes. Okay. He also doubles as my mushroom dealer. <laughs> I love this guy. All right. Okay, well, aside from getting the haircut, I want the other part of that deal. So, because I don't think I need more. And haircuts. I've never done them. So, oh, really? Why not? Um, I, I've never done a drug in my life. Like, kind of a weirdo. Like no prescribed drugs or just like no drugs, period? Or I mean, no I had my daughter drugs? natural, like no drugs. Um, my dad's a total fucking hippie. Grew up super poor, so we couldn't afford like any type of antibiotics, anything like that. So, Which is why um, the natural herbs should have been perfect for you. So yeah, I've always done like natural herbs. Like if I had ear infection, cut an onion in half, the onion would be on my ear. I'd go to school, kids would tease me and be like, dude, why do you stink like onion? <laughs> Like, cause I have an ear infection. So where do you draw the line? So, like is CBD a drug? Like is weed no, a drug? No, so I have, um, yeah, so I think it's, I've, my dad has smoked weed since the day I was born. So, but I, so I thought it was normal, like growing up. Cause you know, whatever you're raised around, you just think that everyone's parents do that. So like back in the day, of course, the weed's not legal. So I remember going to my friend's house and their parents would be like smoking and I'd be like, my dad's cigarettes smell different than yours. Then they'd be like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, they just smell different and he makes his own. So then they're like, well, you're not hanging out with her anymore. <laughs> and then dare came. So sixth grade, I put a thing in the dare box. And of course the teacher figures out it's me. So CPS shows up at my house because wow. my dad's like smoking weed. So that's when I figured out, oh shit, weed's illegal. And society makes us feel like it's so awful and that you shouldn't be doing it. So I had to, of course, go back and be like, no, I made it up. My dad doesn't smoke weed because they were literally going to take. And boy, have times have changed. Away. But so I'm like, if I ever like get high, I'm going to get high with my dad. And it was like the same thing. And drugs were always, my parents did drugs growing up. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I saw a lot, I think growing up and it maybe scared me. So, but my both, both my brothers do drugs. How about alcohol? No, I don't drink. She's so doing nothing. This one's clean. She's really oh. clean. Yeah. Wow, okay. I mean, I've yeah. like tried like, so if someone's drinking, I'll be like, Oh, let me try. But yeah, I just don't like it. And I'm always like in control. And so, yeah, I'm always like the designated driver. I take care of everyone. Interesting. Um, yeah, I'm a big control freak. I think that's why I like mushrooms because it like forces me to let go. Right. Okay. You know, how, how how is your turn on them though? I always say that shrooms and this is all my friends who are listening will laugh their ass off because I like them at the beginning, but they have a turn. And I get really evil on them at the end of it. So how is your what? spin on it? I you know it's what like. What do you mean you get evil? So like because you're for me, such a nice guy. I know, and that's the thing. So when I'm on them, I'm like in the best mood. All of a sudden, I look. I'm like. God damn, that's an ugly person. Or like, your clothes look like shit. And I just go off on the rails <laughs> and I become this mean person. I'm like, did I just say that? Because I'm such an upper. So I'm, yeah. my favorites are all the uppers. So for the downers that kind of mellow me out, it's just a thing where I'm like, oh, it makes me really freaked out a little bit. So it tints me a little bit differently. That's interesting. Yeah. For me, I come up and like, I got a lot of energy. So I okay. have to do something like hike or surf or whatever to like burn it off. Mm -hmm. And then towards the end, I feel like super mellow. So wow. that's, that's interesting that like yeah. towards the end, you're. <laughs> Have you ever had a bad trip? Yeah. Yeah. Like the first three times I did them. Well, actually not the first time, but after that I did them in Amsterdam. I thought it'd be a good idea to like watch Pirates of the Caribbean. So I ate a bunch of these mushrooms. <laughs> Wait, the, 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 the movie, the, like okay. the, yeah, the CGI stuff. And so I, I don't know. I was like, I think that's more of an acid thing. Like yeah. for me, I want to be outside on mushrooms, but I didn't know. And so yeah, I was in a theater and I was just 
fucking trimming my ass off and I just <laughs> I hated it and I, and That's I remember the worst place to be and somebody told me that if I took vitamin C that it would make it wear off mm -hmm. but I think it does the opposite That's and so the, I was like well we know what it does supposedly with ecstasy and MDMA it's yeah. the same thing it rides it rides it a little bit longer so. wait so if you if you take vitamin C with it then your I, high goes yeah so I I mean you can actually cook mushrooms in lemon juice called lemon teching and it makes it you know hit you I guess faster or whatever. Anyway, so I was eating these fucking vitamin C Mentos or I don't know what the fuck it was, but I think it made it worse. But I think the biggest thing was I wanted to stop and I didn't have control over it. And so that like put me in this weird headspace where I'm like, I'm fucking shrooming and I can't stop it. And I'm looking in the mirror and my face okay. is melting. And I was just like in the wrong headspace and location like for me i don't want to be like right. in a you know i was in my hotel room then and I okay but the finish theater. the movie yeah did you leave the movie theater oh, yeah. though okay that's yeah. awesome thank god <laughs> okay. how did yeah. you continue so with now that? you've kind of found a balance just nature that's it like for me like beach mountains just outside okay i like that, that. they always say that's the so best i um so like with any drugs because my dad's done them all so whenever i felt like experimenting like I would all, like I brought mushrooms to my dad and he was like if you and this is when I was in high school because I'm like finally I'm gonna do a drug you know my friends had mushrooms I'm like well let's take them to my dad so I take them to my dad and I'm like dad we're gonna eat these tonight and he looks at him and he goes I'm so glad you brought these to me he was like if you would have eaten these you would have fucking died and I'm like what so I go back and tell my friends I'm like my dad saved our life he said these are awful mushrooms he wants to know where we got him so it comes up Thanksgiving like you know years later he's like I fucking ate those yeah. mushrooms yeah so recently like so this this past um holiday I'm like okay dad um I'm thinking about doing like the San Pedro or San Pedro or whatever. Cause my dad's Cactus, like, he's, yeah. yeah. So he's been to Peru and done the journeys and all that. And he was like, well, what's your purpose and why are you doing it? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I just want to try it. Or maybe like some microdosing. He's like, so he's, he's all for like supporting it, but he feels like, like, what is your purpose? What do you want to learn? So have you done anything like that? Like yeah. I've done peyote, which is, um, San Pedro. I mean, it's, okay. they're both masculine. Did I you think. do the sweat lodge version of it? You know, when they say when you when they do that whole thing and you go in there and you just do the whole sweat lodge and throw up and then you start. Have you? Yeah, done they that? say I, you purge, right? I, I like, did the, the opposite. I was that? like in a house in the mountains, like nine thousand feet at okay. at, uh, at Charleston, and okay. we had a big fire, and then we were sitting out on the deck, and it was pretty cold. Um, but yeah, it was to me. It felt like medicine. Like I threw up, and then I was right. like, I had some clarity and whatever. And I think it's one of those things where, like, if you're lost you want to figure out what you want to do it's similar to mushrooms in that you just have the answer right and not like you have the answer to like you know fucking complex division but like <laughs> for your life stuff like whatever you want to do life-wise you just kind of like you remove your ego and then you just kind of figure it out pretty right. quick yeah that's what he was okay. he's like what are you looking for and i'm yeah. like i don't know i feel like my life's pretty good and he's like then yeah you have no purpose like you have to figure out a purpose so when you went in it did you have a purpose or a little were you bit trying it? i was i was doing both like yeah indians kind of like when they're at the crossroads or whatever when they want to figure out like what mm -hmm. they're supposed to do they've historically done peyote and um yeah i mean i i don't know how much i did it tasted like fucking coffee grounds right. that hadn't been 
I don't know. It was See, nasty. Like I, heard, brew, I heard that it tastes right? like that. A brew, right. like a drink. You it, drink it. It was disgusting. Mm. <laughs> it was really fucking gross. It was like literally like swallowing sand. And I held it down as long as I could, but it was uh, unpleasant. I just remember distinctly thinking, this should not be illegal because this is not something right. people would abuse exactly. or do for fun at all. This, But it does have medicinal purposes, like for me anyways. Um and yeah, I just uh, like mushrooms. You can do to fuck around. I feel like, but peyote is one of those things where it's like, who the fuck wants to throw up? Who wants exactly. to drink it's, it's sand? It's a journey. It's, yeah. it's a journey. It is to and figure your shit yeah, out and right. not to like yeah. really have a bunch of fun. Right, mushrooms. He's right about that though, because like you know, you get like I always say, like when it's the once again hiking or whatever, it's the best fun because you're out in nature. You need to be out in nature to do it. By the way, because if yeah. you're trapped well, I mean, in I'm nature, a movie theater, or, yeah, or I'm, like I'm, just, I want to be outdoors. Yeah, people do it at a festival. Fucking talk about anxiety attack. Oh my God, I'd go crazy having like all these strangers come right. up and talk to you. I think maybe that's why I get Fuck. angry on them because we did it at a few festivals, but it started off fine because you're filtering and all of a sudden when you start getting to the mix of the crowd, you're like, that's when I think I started getting anxious and that's when it happened a few times. So that's when yeah. I kind of backed off of it a little. Yeah. I said, like, whoa, these are not for me. I have it worse because people okay. come up and talk okay, to me yeah, or want well. a picture and I'll be looking at my face <laughs> melting in the camera. Just like, fuck, make this stop. <laughs> Do you feel like you get approached a lot? It's insane. Yeah. I have no privacy at all. And it doesn't go yeah. away. Like I've fucking what posted like three times in the last like year and a half. Right. I don't even know. But it's like, yeah, it just doesn't seem to ever go away. Right. And it's anywhere too. It's not just here. Like 80% of my following is outside the US. So like when I'm in, you know, any foreign country, um, other than actually Japan, nobody knows who the fuck I am over there. Right. It's like the one. So I, was, like, I was like in the in middle Japan. of it. Uh, yeah, I'm in the middle of the street. It, was, it felt like a Twilight Zone okay. episode for me because this is, it had been so crazy for like at the time, like seven years. And or the whatever. Japanese know everybody. That's the crazy part. They didn't know me. Yeah, fuck. So I was like funny. standing in the center of like Tokyo and I'm like looking and all these people were just walking by me, not saying anything. And I was just like, wow, this is. He's at that four stop crosswalk, you know, that yeah. major crossway. He's in the middle. Like, yeah. Hey, you're like, hey, wait, who's that? Yeah. Um, speaking of which, by the way, when that's a very good question that he asked you, um, that she asked you. Um, as a kid, how how were you then? Were you, did you always feel like there was the same sort of thing with you, tension wise, da da da? Or I can answer that because I read his book. Okay, <laughs> no, I'm just I, wa I want to hear from him personally. <laughs> yeah. What do you I'm say asking. when you say tension wise? What do you so, mean? So you know, that? like we all grow up, and there's like, so I feel like our like we are who we are, you know, and so it's that thing, like even for like say for me, for example, like. It's like, I love attention, but it's like one of those things where I could just be sitting around and someone, everyone just starts flocking and just talking to me, you know? So it's that thing where you, um, I never sought it out, but I know when it's around, it's just easy for me just to talk to people and just grab people's attention. So I want to know for you, um, you know, do you ever feel like your energy always brought that into your, into your life? Um, I didn't get a lot of attention as a kid. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe like subconsciously I craved that later. Right. Um, but then... I was like, fuck. Like once I had like the genie got out of the bottle, I was like, oh, fuck, you can't get him back. Right, in. And exactly. It's like now something that I thought that I'd like because I had a perceived deficit, it's like a bit of a curse. I mean, it's cool if you want to get laid. Right. But like as far as just going out and doing normal stuff, it's, it's a hassle, pretty sure. brutal. Yeah. yeah and then I'm you sure kind of have to go out with security, you know, and it's a whole thing. Not that like people like talk shit or start fights, but like. No, like I just got a fucking million dollar watch stolen off my wrist. Oh, like, yeah, crazy shit. Wow. So, what? Wow. Yeah, I didn't feel it. It was okay. just like. Are you kidding me? No, dead serious. Dude, I always wonder how pickpockets, there's some good ones out there. It's unbelievable. Jesus. Was I it here? Nice. Where were you? Um, I was at the uh, the Canelo fight and I was oh, like walking shit. through the thing. Yeah, and I was like taking some pictures, whatever. And then just I looked down, it was fucking gone. I was like, God damn it. And like, 
I knew it too. Like I knew that people could do this shit. Mm -hmm. I'd seen them like magicians. They'll literally be like having a conversation like you and me take right. the watch and like, you'll be like, Jesus what the fuck? I mean, I've seen it happen with people bumping and that's a lot easier. Like mm -hmm. they'll bump you and their friend will pick your pocket. But like people that are good, they'll literally be standing in front of you talking. I saw a guy take a girl's bra off with her shirt on. <laughs> she didn't what? even know. Yeah, I was telling you, it's crazy. <laughs> like the sleight of hand stuff. Yeah, it's like really just like they figure out how to distract you yeah. and then do it in such a way, or maybe they touch a pressure point where you don't feel this. I don't fucking know, but it- Holy shit. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's I'm not condoning any of this, everyone, but that's fucking amazing. <laughs> so yeah. I just wow. feel like if someone touches me, like I'm going to know. You would think. Yeah, you would yeah. think. You would think, right. but they'll take a watch that's like, like clasped on your wrist and just- won't even know or a ring like somebody would be like there's no way somebody could take my wedding ring yeah. without me feeling it it'll be gone but they fucking right. do it and I, they've only probably have only scoped you out for no more than maybe what two minutes barely at that point i don't know it's, it's such a big venue that yeah. it's like you're such Jesus it's Christ. such an easy target i mean wow. i, I should have known better but like i said expensive lesson okay okay so i have a i have a quick question too um by the way if you guys haven't checked out his book i definitely recommend it um i even messaged you and i'm like wow your book's really really amazing but one thing that like struck me is this why the symbol and what does it mean to you um so when i i think this was like fuck, i want to say 2012 uh, my buddy tom goldstein gave me i'd always liked goats i actually mm -hmm. had a couple pet goats yeah and he gave me this goat skull <laughs> i remember this <laughs> Yeah, so Jay Farber gave me one, and then I was like, ah, oh, we can't just have one go to be lonely, so I got a second one. There's fucking two goats in the Hollywood Hills, like, cruising around, like, sleeping on fucking love sacks. Um, but anyways, I, he gave me this this gift, and it was this goat skull this on a, on a stand or whatever, and it was, like, super badass, and it looked like that. And I don't know, I, I just always kind of figured that, like, I would want to – use the fame for something or mm -hmm. brand something. So I just felt like it'd be good to have a logo and it resonated with me. And people thought it was because, you know, like greatest of all time, but it really wasn't that. I just like goats. And I was like fascinated right. by these little motherfuckers, how they could be like climbing up the side right. of them. I fucking love goats. Yeah. I bought my dad one for his birthday. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and also like people, people don't usually like them. It's kind of like an animal. It's like a little <laughs> bit of an outcast. <laughs> and I remember I was like, my buddy got rammed by a goat in Afghanistan. And it's, I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I just, they just always seem cool. Yeah. The funniest shit. So, so okay, wait. So it's not satanic or anything like that. Because no, no. I had, I bought, um, I same thing. It was like a stand with a goat head, and it mm -hmm. had like succulents on it. So I was like drawn to it. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. I brought it home and put it by my bed, and I'm facetiming um, with one of the guys that I was seeing at the time. He's like, why do you have like a satanic? fixture by your bed i'm like what are you talking about it's not satanic and then he googles it and sends it to me and i'm like oh my god so i had to put it outside because right. i'm like no bad energy <laughs> nothing in here i'm not afraid of much in life like can't fucking scare me but i'm fucking afraid of like spirits and shit like that that i can't fucking see right so yeah. i always want to like keep my space like cleansed and clear and positive yeah, I don't really like believe in like the traditional devil and like white haired God mm -hmm. or whatever. It's to me, it's more like positive and negative energy. And I think like those things are kind of like symbolic of like positive and negative energy. And I think that's kind of like what the universe is made up right. of. And so I, I have a little bit of a different view on it. Um, but yeah, I think like some people that are like traditionally religious probably think that there's like a red horn devil running well. around. But, uh, <laughs> 
I mean, but it's funny I like though, that he said a white haired Jesus. <laughs> no, no, white haired God. Because that's oh, always how you oh, see him with like the glowing, <laughs> you know. I yeah. saw a black Santa the other day, by the way. I was thrilled, by the way. I literally had to stop my car and I started clapping. I was like, oh, oh, oh. that was even a whole A black fuck? Santa. I mean, he had a white beard, though, because they always have the white beard no matter what, though. But I was like, damn, this is awesome. So I had to pull over and start clapping for the guy. Mm. So it was amazing. Yeah. Um, so I want to ask you, so we're going to like, you know, talk about, so we have guys, we have Dan Blazarian on the show today and thank you for so much for being here. We're going to get into a couple of things and, uh, Jamie, you can keep asking your questions, but I want to, <laughs> cause I know you're going to go off the rails somewhere, but, um, how was your holidays? Good holiday. Good, yeah. All right. Yeah. Right. All right. Now house decorator or not. Yeah, I got a big, like, I don't even know, I think it's like 20 foot tree. Okay. It's like, took okay. 16 of those motherfuckers to get it in, and yeah, it was a whole thing, but it was cool. Yeah, do you pick it out? I didn't. It just okay. kind of showed up one day, nice. and I was, I was pretty stoked. Nice. With it. I okay. think they have like five trees in my house. That's yeah. great. Because I went into her house, and I was like, I didn't, you know, once again, don't judge a book by its cover, people. This one is a Christmas-aholic. I mean, she has like the little, like, like the little town and all those little tchotchke thingies. <laughs> no. And, oh, no, I'm saying in my a good village. way. Yeah, the village. I mean, I think when you have kids, too, it's like, Easier to get into it. My and it's kids like for are grown, the kids. Though. Yeah. I was kind of, so, wait, how old are your kids? They're in their 20s. Wait, well, what? 19. My youngest is 19. You would never yeah. think that, would and you? Then, yeah, no shit. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, my friends are wait, always so confused. Yeah, we're like the same age. That's why I was saying a lot of the stuff that I read okay. in your book, I can completely like relate to. Okay. Yeah. All right, people, you've seen it. We've just shocked Dan on the show. So this is good. It's good. Yeah. I thought she had some little like three. I know. When you said around. the when you Maybe. said the kid thing, I started giggling, going, I go, her kids are old enough to not do what she's doing, but yeah. it's still yeah. freaking great They're that like, you do it though. Why are you still decorating yeah. when your kids don't even live here? And I'm like, dude, it's fucking Christmas. She had it totally home. it looked amazing though. It did so, look great. And she goes, Yeah, yeah I have got- one in college in Utah. Mm-hmm. And um, so all her gifts are still under the tree, and they're like, are those fake presents? I'm like, no, my kid hasn't fucking come home from school yet, <laughs> so yeah. Christmas is waiting. Right. But She did yeah. it. Did it up, though. So I love Christmas. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's another comment. I'm not a fan of any um, like society-based holidays, because nope. I feel like it puts a lot of pressure on people, um, and I don't like getting gifts, because it makes me feel uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, we talked about that a little bit yesterday. You missed that, that, yeah. that combo like Valentine's day. It's fucking weird. Like buy me a gift randomly, not yeah. because you feel like you need to, because it's a day. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. And I don't really like to celebrate birthdays and all that stuff. I'm the same and, way. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's much better to just give because you want to give yeah. and not out of obligation. Thank so you. I definitely resonate with that point yeah. for sure. Cause like. Yeah, when these holidays come up, it's almost like it's expected to mm-hmm. do this, and then you got to buy this because this person's buying you this, and it's almost like... Or then I, someone gets you something, you didn't get them anything, yeah. and then I fucking feel bad, and I'm like, fuck, I just right. wish this day would be Or they over. one-up you with their gifts. You're just like, dude, you know... Like my yeah. birthday, I mm-hmm. won't even go on social media because you repost one, and then they're like, well, I tagged you. Why didn't you repost me? And I'm just like, fuck this. This is like the first year out. I did that. I actually like reposted people's things. Um, I guess because I just hadn't posted in a while, and like anything. But then it keeps going for days. I know, and oh, the, yeah, yeah, it's like where do you cut it off? So then you just have to like <laughs> stop even looking at the stories. And just, <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. I think I posted yeah, fuck, like 40, 40 reposts or That's something. That's really hilarious. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay, I have a fun question for you now. This is something we've been asking. It's a new. I think it's going to be a new thing. Um, a piece of ice getting out of the, of the freezer. It falls oh on my the ground. God. Do you kick it or do you pick it up? Oh, I'd pick it up. Yeah. All right. So explain why. So this seat, this is one of her squirrel moments. She goes, okay, so Chris, if you and I go. We're in the middle of a conversation. Yeah. This just popped in my head randomly. And he's like, I was like, wait, really quick question. He was like, what? And I'm like, you're getting like a cup of 
water mm-hmm. and you're putting ice in your cup and an ice cube falls on the floor, like, do you kick it under the fridge or do you pick it up? I pick it up. But now I figured out if I I'm at someone else's house. See, I thought like, this, I thought there was like some hidden meaning. Like if no, you're no, the guy well, that picks it up, it means <laughs> no, this. Does, I thought so you were so going that gonna direction. Ask you, so if it does, that means so are you somewhat, I'm, I'm trying to make sure, I'm trying to see if this is actually a real thing. Like, are you a little bit of a neat freak then a little bit? A little bit. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, yeah. 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 I guess. Yeah. I mean, see, and I, this is what I, like I want to know. I feel like you are. By looking like, yeah. at you, I yeah. would say that you're very put together. Yeah. Um, like you don't want, like shit's not rolling around in your car when you turn the corner. Right. Yeah. No, but uh, that's kind of a function of staff too, though. You know, okay. like I got three assistants and maids and all this shit. So I don't really, I don't do it, but it is like you come to my house and everything's obviously okay. like sorted right it's not because i was like i haven't made my bed since like 1999 <laughs> or maybe like a three i don't know military is probably the last but time. you're picking up your ice dan so that still shows tells you about something because yeah. you i know, mean you're yeah. not going to ring a bell and say hey no. dropped a cube and kick it away it. no but i could see an argument for kicking it too because right. okay. this water is going to evaporate right. that's I what know. i say i'm like no. most most of the time i'll pick it up but then i'm like what's well, the big deal it's not going to do anything or be anywhere so i'll be like eh. someone yeah. is, was as bold to go but then it would go into the fridge and get moldy Mold, and blah blah and go, like, oh, oh you God. really are like a neat uncontrolled freak so i'm trying to see if it holds true to form jamie do you ever have one of those days when you're feeling stressed anxious or just a little off whether it's created by finances or just the work day or just quite frankly anything in your relationship yeah sometimes we have symptoms and we don't even realize like for example i can't sleep right overeating I mean, well, I mean, I get moody when I get in those moods, I get really moody and I know that I just don't want to talk to anybody or do anything, but I know that I need to talk to someone. So there's this site called betterhelp.com and at betterhelp.com, it's a customized online therapy that offers videos, phones, and even live chat that you can speak with someone. Or if you don't want to have them on video, you can just turn the video off at the same time. But for all of our listeners now, we'll give you uh, it's an affordable in-person therapy. I think that's so amazing. So literally you just call in yeah. and set your appointment. Right. And for all of our listeners out there, we'll give you 10% off for the first month if you sign up right now. And all you have to do is go to betterhelp.com slash date intel. That's once again, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash date intel. D-A-T-E-I-N-T-E-L. I love it. A little bit. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you're gonna I, think I about that. My instinct would just be to grab it, pick and toss it up, it. and then I realize if that's if I'm at someone's house, I might just kick it, you know, because it's not my home, so I might just kick it. Un- <laughs> I might, I might. I just feel like do that. The, I feel like psychologically, you, know? you could probably analyze this out. Yeah, that's it's what like, I'm saying though. Yeah. So I feel like if I'm at someone else's house, I might just kick it under the table because <laughs> you're such a dick. No, what? So I'm, if I fucking flip on my floor, I'm gonna know you fucking kicked the cube. <laughs> It might, you don't know. So don't stab me, bitch. <laughs> Is that a fucking switchblade? <laughs> so. Oh my god, I feel like it's just like it's like we spin that fucking thing, you know? Oh my god, where are the cards? We ha- we should have pulled the cards. Oh out. yeah, do you want to play some strip poker with us? <laughs> um, shit, I'm. I don't really have a lot of chips. Like, <laughs> I got shorts and t-shirt. Jamie goes, I'm gonna wear extra lingerie if we do strip poker with Dan. I go, Let's I go, test yeah. Them. We came in yesterday. I go, Travis. I go, do you have any cards in here? And he's like, What kind of cards? I'm like, Playing cards. He's like, What for? I'm like, Dan's coming in, so I'm gonna challenge him to some strip poker. And he's like, Actually, I do have cards. <laughs> so, so I'm like, funny. I wore five bras. <laughs> he's like, Did you really? I'm like, No, I just have one. But so funny. Maybe we'll, we'll do that another time (laughs) um okay is there any age that's off limits for you like Like, for sex or dating or what just in general like uh 
like someone comes up to you and you're like, oh, she's she's not bad. But then you find out she's like 55. Are you like, fuck no? Yeah, 55 would definitely be a fuck no. Um, <laughs> I mean, I was actually talking to my friend about this the other day because um, my ex was just too young. And that's why I ended up breaking up with her. Um, after like a how year old and was half. she? She's nineteen. Okay. So yeah, that would be fucking too. It's like young. my yeah. daughter's age. Yeah. Oh, she just had to throw that in there. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, she's not the first. I've heard this. You know, my buddy Bill's like fucking girls, like two years older than my daughter. It's like okay. It's uh, yeah, it's funny because like I've dated girls that age for the last mm-hmm. like I don't know twenty fucking years, and so, but now it's getting to the point where I just can't mentally connect with them on any le- and it's like for sex it's fine it's right. whatever but like when you're hanging out with them for an extended duration um i think it hit me well i know when it hit me i was like in necker island and i was talking to jewel and she just was so intelligent and she had done so much it really like opened my eyes i was like fuck like i gotta take, i gotta break up my girlfriend right you know there's just more like of a mental connection out there um and I hadn't had it for because I was always hanging out with models and mm-hmm. models are usually young by definition. So um, I don't know. It was just a very eye opening moment. I mean, the girl had made three hundred fifty million dollars in her career. She had done all this stuff. And she was like, we'd have conversations. I felt like I was speaking more intelligently because I felt like she would get it. And right. I felt like a lot of times before when I would date girls, I would smoke weed and I would dumb myself down and it was whatever. And I'd be high all the time. And I didn't really think twice about it. But then when I was around her, um, I don't know. I just, I, I communicated better. So it was an interesting moment. So maybe she had things like to offer. So you felt like you were growing so she could maybe push you. Well, I mean, there was that too. Like I learned things from her. Um, I think like the, the conversations just went to a higher level because she could understand. And I don't know. You're just saying that's just the the age difference just made it, you know, the gaps, the huge difference sometimes, obviously, because, you know, you're just more on a level with someone. Well, a big big thing is experience. Mm. Right. That's true too. You know, like the girl I was dating, like literally hadn't seen any fucking movies. Right. know a lot of things, you know, you would make references and it would just like land on the Caribbean. She's like, what, what is that? Is that a Disney ride? What? Oh my God. That's so true. Cause the, there's that huge. Um, age gap. Yeah. Yeah. Or so. like, you know, shit that I would show her a movie from like 2000. She'd be like, oh my God, that's so old. And I'm just like thinking like, fuck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Ruining the moment on that one. Ruin the moment. Okay. So 55 is a no go. Yeah. 55 would definitely be a no go. I mean, it, it, like I said, I literally had this conversation with my friend the other day. I think like the optimal age range would probably be from like 27 to like 32 maybe mm-hmm. like it's tough because girls mature faster than guys yeah. so I think a younger girl usually is going to be more mature Still than a guy of, of her same age yeah. I agree um, and, but then also I feel like they drop off faster than guys guys have like a longer run rate we don't get there as fast mm-hmm. like we're not on private jets at fucking 25 mm-hmm. at least I wasn't you know, and so, but these girls are like 21. They've like traveled the world. They've been on yachts. They've done all this shit that I hadn't done. Like I was in the military yeah, at that true. age. Yeah. You know, so they they get it faster, but then it drops off quicker. Like especially if they don't take care of themselves. I mean, if they do, then cool. But like a lot of these models, they party and whatever, and they've always been hot. So they take they have them for a shelf granted. life. It's and it's short. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's surprisingly short. Unfortunately, short for them. Um, and nobody wants to be on like the decline either. That's kind of like that's the fucking worst of it too. So. Yeah, I don't envy them. I mean, right. it's it's good to get it young, but then at the same time, like they also set that bar up here, and then 
It's like a lot of things. I mean, I talk about it in the book. Like when you're like climbing the mountain, it's much more satisfying than like even being on top of the yep. mountain. Even though the top is higher, you know, you're like making forward progress when you're going up. And so, yeah, I guess like as nothing else to look forward to up there. You know, it's just like you've done it. It's like okay, now I got to find something higher. Yeah, and like and like I said, when you set that bar really high, then a lot of other things that like otherwise would have made you happy are kind of letdowns. Right. You know, because you're used to like mm, this. Yeah. Than anything below, like. I mean, for instance, I give this, I gave this example, I think on Rogan, where like, if my dad were to give me, um, uh, Mustang Cobra when I was 16, that would have been like, put me at a 10. That was like my dream car. But if he were to give me a Ferrari, like I would have also been at a 10, yeah. you know, but then you flash forward, you know, five, six years, I graduate college and he gives me a BMW M6. Like if I had the, the Mustang, I'd be back at a 10. But if I had the Ferrari first, then I'd be like kind of like yeah, lower. And it's the same car. That's I'm true. the same person and the same, like nothing's, the only difference is my perspective because I got something previous. Right. So it's like, you, you see this, you know, and it's like why you don't spoil your kids because you put that fucking bar up I there and then they can just I was just about to say that. Yeah, because down. they, when, with kids especially, you said it exactly. It's like, mm -hmm. if you start too early, then they're like, what else can they expect at that point? Everything else is pretty much a letdown, yeah. you know? So I get that. And I think um, that's with hot girls, right? Yeah. Like they live this crazy lifestyle and like all these people are giving them attention and, you know, treating them. I mean, really, I think being a celebrity and being a hot girl is very similar in the mm -hmm. way that like you have forced interactions, like people come up to you when you don't want them to come up to you. And, you, you know, anytime you go to like a, you know, large venue or whatever, you just know that it's going to happen. Like guys are going to hit on a hot girl, people are going to come up to somebody, you know, right. well-known, whatever. Right. And so it's a similar thing. And, and there's some good, like doors open, opportunities present themselves, whatever. Um, but like I said, when that happens early and you get super jaded as a girl and then it doesn't happen, it's probably like, it's a really pretty true. shitty spot, I would think. So you just said something, this is a question I have for you then on, um, off of that note. When you walk into something, we did an episode on this um, as well, um, walk into somewhere, Deep breath, like almost like your sentence, okay, here we go, Dan, we're going in. Or is it just like, bam, just in, you know? Because you know what you're going to expect when you walk into somewhere. Do you kind of have to prepare yourself It mentally? totally depends. Like, okay. it's like, you know, okay. if I'm going out to a club, like, I obviously know. Yeah. But, like, I'm usually fucked up on something. I'm not, like, going around <laughs> sober. It's just because, right. like, I don't like to be around drunk people when I'm sober. There's right. just yeah. nothing more annoying. Oh, it's so annoying. Right? Like, and they mm -hmm. don't even realize it, too. They're, like, drinking to get confident or drinking because they don't yeah. feel, like, comfortable. <laughs> Whatever the issue is. But they always fucking overdo it. Right? And I saw this in college because I would, like, go up to girls and I would do it stone sober. And so when I was out drinking, I didn't feel the need to get fucked up to go talk to girls. But I would see guys do this and they would start drinking and their confidence would increase and they would think, like, okay, you know, okay, more beers equals more confidence. Well, so it's like a drop-off point, just like, you know, I talk about in the book when I took, you know, X amount of girls on vacation when it was like, you know, increased exponentially. I thought it would be better because more had always been better, but like alcohol, if you right. too much. That was funny, by the way, that whole thing with that in the book was pretty funny about it. But I think like that your um, philosophy is kind of brilliant because mm -hmm. I feel like girls are competitive by nature. So if a guy brings to like hang out, you know, four girls, five girls, chances are like he's going to get laid yeah. because like I know what I've been in like group scenarios and like so I see a guy and I'm like, he's not even that hot. But as soon as he has like a few hot girls, then they're like, Oh, people start paying attention. Mm -hmm. And it's, it also is like, I mean, it's, it's so many things. And when a guy's coming up to you, you're automatically thinking about reasons why, you know, he's not good enough because he's hitting on you like every other guy. And it's like, kind of like those forced interactions. Um, and so I think, 
one of the things that I did is just flip the script. I made girls come to me. And because they were coming to me, it was like, okay, like, you know, push away, push away. Like, okay, like I'll have sex with you. And then it like, that's so much different than the guy, like rapidly right. chasing the fucking right. girl, like yeah. chicken hawking the girls at the bar. Like, you know, there's like predatory, like I'm going to fuck, you know, as many girls tonight <laughs> as I can. And like, they get all coked up and just like aggressively hit on girls. Especially like, after 2am in the morning. Yeah. Like to me, it's not comfortable for like either person. And, uh, I don't know. I just. I, but isn't it a fun train wreck I to do, watch though? When I, you see it from the I outside. When I read this, sometimes? I have to say it. I agree, like a million times. Like if a guy invites me out on a date, like mm -hmm. which we've talked about in dinner, I'm automatically uncomfortable and I don't want to go. But if someone invites me to like come hang out, like hey, we're going here, and there's a group of people, then all of a sudden it sounds fun, and I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm in. Right. It's also like a forced interaction, you know, and like when you're at a table with. A fucking girl that you don't know it's almost like there's that obligation to keep a conversation going there's like you it's know, just work yeah it's right. it's nonsense i never want to do the traditional fun. dating yeah. yeah i don't like yeah, it. yeah we were discussing that yesterday too <laughs> we discussed it with travis actually on yeah. air saying that it's like just so i'm like dating. a quick in and out mm -hmm. like yeah we'll grab a coffee but i always set a time limit i'm like just so you know i have to be out by this time i always so set the time constraints yeah. and I, I would do that with like flying girls in with all this stuff because you can always extend but like yes. kicking a girl out sucks it's like hard. ending Thank a date prematurely See, people yes. thought i was weird because i tell them back in like in the day i mean i'm in a relationship now but back in the day i used to have three dates in one night because i go i you know to always be at a bar setting and be like look if this girl's not if she's bothering me and she's not the one i'm gonna go to the next one if not but if she lasts i'll stay with with that one so i always had a time limit on that thing and it worked out really well so you know i just maximize my time pretty so much so i'm too old for you is that what you're saying <laughs> i don't know how old you are i just know you got 20 year old kids it's just shocking <laughs> you said he's, i'm, I'm still processing in the that. range it's in the yeah you're in the range yeah i feel like no yeah. he said i'm not in the range oh you just yeah. i gave you the optimal so like yeah. i you know if i were to date a girl that would be the optimal range i like younger has benefits older has benefits it's just like what outweighs the other, you mm -hmm. know, like for it just depends on kind of like where I'm at mentally. Like, am I more interested in a mental connection, which is kind of more where I'm at now than am I just interested in sex and a lot of sex? And, you know, if that's the case, then I don't know. It's just I, I go in cycles. So right. just depends yeah. on, you know, it's a vibe. Yeah. So what's what's in the uh, what's going on with you for the present future right now? It's like in the present. What's what do you have going on for yourself? Um, I mean, I've just been working on the company a lot. Okay. Like okay. vape sales are crushing it. Yeah. And so just really been focusing on that. I've been doing, you know, a decent amount of podcasts for the book and right. kind of like getting out there. Also just doing new things too. Like I went to Napa. Okay. You know, okay. and I was like, I don't, I'm not really like a wine drinker. And, um, so when you go normal. now, when you're there, if you're not much wine, have you think you're trying to experience that a little bit more then? Just trying to do different shit. Yeah. Like things that are out of my comfort zone. Like I went down to Necker for the Necker cup and you know, and that's not normally something I would do. And I try to just like, What's okay. That? Yeah. Did you, did you play in it? It was a charity tennis tournament. Yeah. No, I, so I one of my know. best, one of my, um, oh, so I'm a tennis pro. Tennis so pro. one of my colleagues, she's actually the pro for Richard Branson. Uh, okay. She's the head pro there. I don't know if she was there for that, but, um, but I've been trying to get her to, um, get there and play with her a few times, but, um, I heard it's pretty play amazing though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's a great tournament though. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And you just went to the last one. By the uh, way, I went to the one before last. Okay. I didn't go to the one that was like, what, two months ago okay. or something. Do you think you'd probably go to Planet maybe once? No, no. Okay. Not that good. Not right. for sure. <laughs> I just embarrass myself. That's a new experience, Dan. You know, we're going to try new experiences here. So, Dan, yeah. do you see little Dans in your future? 
Uh, it's possible. My brother's got three kids, so, I mean, and they're, like, super well-behaved, like, cool kids, mm. so. Okay. Yeah. I think, like, being around kids kind of, like, sometimes it makes you definitely not want to have them, and then sometimes mm. it makes you want to have them, just depends yeah. on the kids. Right. Um, but I think it's different when it's your kid. Like, when it's your kid and they're crying or they're shitting themselves or whatever, it's, like, not a big deal because <laughs> you're a kid. But, like, somebody else's kid, like, uh, it's just different. And, yeah. I, and I know that, and I've heard that from enough people that, like, you know, having kids change your life, like my brother, whatever best experience has had. So I don't know. It's one of those things where I think, I think later on I'd probably regret it if I didn't do it, mm-hmm. but I'm not really like in a rush to do it right now. we got now. lots of time. Yeah. There's lots of time still. So I tons agree. of time. Yeah. So, and another thing I wanted to say, we have a mutual friend, um, BJ Baldwin. So he told me that um, when he had his incident, you were the first person he called. So I was like, hmm. So if someone breaks into my house, can you be the first person I call? Um, I don't know where you live. <laughs> I, Just yeah. look for the Christmas trees and lights all over, that, all over the yard. <laughs> yeah, that was a crazy thing. Yeah, I, I actually, I think I called him randomly. I think I randomly FaceTimed him at like 2.30 in the morning That's or something. Right. And I was like, I was cooking, I was cooking soup or something. And he's just like... Like, what's up, motherfucker? And he's like, why are you calling me? I'm like... That's right. That's right. I'm like, I don't know. Fucking bored. What the fuck are you doing? I'm like, I figured you'd be fucking up. You don't ever sleep. That's so funny. And uh, and he's like, but that's the only reason you're calling me? I'm like, yeah, dude. What the fuck's going on? And <laughs> What'd you like, do? He's like, oh, I don't know. You know, it's like, got a little squirrely. And I'm like, motherfucker, spit it out. Like, come on. We've been through some shit. Like, don't even start with this nonsense. <laughs> and um, he's like, ah, oh, you know, I got into a gunfight. I'm like... Like a like a gunfight, gunfight. He's like, yeah. I'm like, call your lawyer yet? <laughs> He's like, it literally just happened. I was like, you better call fucking Chesnoff and hit me back. And um, yes, yeah, so I went down to his house, and it was uh, it was crazy. Like I was driving by the In and Out where he shot those dudes or whatever, and I was like, yeah, there's a bunch of cop cars. I was like, oh, this dude is not fucking around. And then he had like a bullet hole in his car. It was a whole fucking thing. It was, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, wow. crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, that's a crazy. Are you, are you still shooting now? I do once in a while. I haven't shot too much lately. Um, it seems like such a pain in the ass these days. Like they they shut off like the Sloan exit. I think like we used to shoot there all the time. Yeah. And now they're like telling people they can't shoot there. Um, I just go around the mountain and set up my steel. Yeah. Go to town. Do they are the cops coming out there now? I don't know. Last time I went shooting, I got fucking arrested. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. Well, we brought you some ammo. Yeah, okay. I've got a good gift for it's, you. I'll use it. I got yeah. more guns than probably anybody I know. <laughs> ah, what's your favorite? Probably this M60 um, E6 that I got. It's pretty badass, fun to shoot. Um, that or maybe a Scar Heavy. I like those okay. a lot. Yeah. Right I like on. that. All right. Well, I know he's on some time here, but Dan, we're going to r- wrap this up for you. But guys, once again, Dan Bilzerian, uh, check out his book, The Setup. It's a good read and it's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's, it's just off the cuff and he just goes for it in the book. So um, if you give it a chance, I think you're going to really enjoy it. And Dan, is there anything else you want to say before you head out today? Anything on social media you want to talk about? Um, no, not too much. I was right. just like, I was stoked that you liked the book. Like yeah. I was yeah. really like happy about that. I always like it when like women like it cause it was really written more for a male audience mm-hmm. than what I have. Um, but I've actually had like a really good response with women. And I think the reason is cause I'm just honest. And That's... I think for women, they don't get that a lot cause guys bullshit yeah. so much. And I just don't like, I, and, and it saves 
I mean, it's it's more painful. It's like ripping a band-aid. It's like more painful in the beginning, but in the long run, you don't have to remember your lies. You don't have to mm-hmm. fucking like worry about it. Mm-hmm. You're never going to get caught up. Like, and also, you know, I've talked about this before. Like when you're honest, and it's a spot where they know that like it's not comfortable to be honest. Yeah, it builds trust faster than probably anything else. I agree. So I, I, I you know, I take that approach in life, and I took that with the book and um i think it turned out better because of that and i also didn't like shy away from like embarrassing stuff and mm-hmm. i didn't really want it to be like a beat my chest fucking you know brag piece <laughs> which i feel like i related to and i said that too because mm-hmm. a lot of people in my dms they're like anyone can write a book and make shit up and i'm like no he talks about masturbating and getting caught right. so yeah. no one's gonna make that up but to, i also feel those people saying that so still like, haven't read the book though well, the funny know? thing is like i yeah exactly all yeah. the people talk mm-hmm. shit haven't read but like yeah. yeah like i hadn't told anybody that until i wrote the book and like i had to actually like the girl that i asked for the vignette in there who talked about like because she's the one that saved me she <laughs> yeah. didn't want to write it she like wrote me this <laughs> vignette about like how badass i am and this and that i'm like no like yeah. just be honest yeah <laughs> and she's like yeah, but like you are bad at because she's like know me the whole time. Okay, so like she's like, yeah, she's like, you know, you get all the chicks and all this stuff. Like, no, this is about when I was younger. Because he talks about being like a nerd, cool. right? Like no, no one fucking that. liked him. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, I not that this, no one so. liked you, but it just I got yeah, I got bullied. I got all this yeah. stuff, you know. Right. And so at, at that time, like I didn't really have a lot of friends. I wasn't cool. I was like transferring all these schools. I'd done seven schools in five years, um, and so yeah, it was uh, it was definitely like. One of the shit that was actually like one of the most traumatic things, I think, like getting caught jacking off, videotaped, and then they're going to beat your ass in yeah. front of the school. Oh, and then send it, blackmailed him. And send it to your parents oh, and like Jesus. all this. Shit. It's like worst. <laughs> like when I got thrown in jail for having a machine gun and I was like maybe going to like jail for years. Right. And I got like lost my senior year of high school, which I was actually stoked to do. That was not as shitty as I like that one, you know, so yeah. it's like. There's too know. many feelings in that whole situation yeah. right there. So um, I'm actually friends with um, Jessica, too. So we would hang out when my kids were little, and she had uh, – my kids are actually older than Kai. But um, so, yeah, you talk a little bit about her in here, too. Is there anything that you wrote in here that you wish you wouldn't have or that you were like, fuck, I wish I wouldn't have shared that? Not really. People ask me that a lot. They're mm-hmm. like, you're not embarrassed about this? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm right, like, right. But part of the fucking now. story, you know? Yeah. Just like, I mean, I am proud of like some of the other stuff I've done. I'm embarrassed about this, but that's like how life is, right? Right. Like, you don't get to just be fucking proud of everything that you've done. Right. And you can't just pick and choose what happens to you either. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, like, you're going to write you know, your book. You got to write the fucking story. Like, it happened, you, it happened. I've read a lot of books, and I'll say after I read yours, it was such an easy, fun read with like the photos and that the chapters are so short that you almost inspire, well, you did inspire me i'm like i'm gonna write my fucking book so uh, which you talk about in here too it was like it took him over a year mm-hmm. and it was like a, a process it was almost for you. two years and it like but, literally put me in hell it's like wow. it's definitely something that like i you, feel like it's almost therapeutic in a way it is you know it absolutely is and you'll grow as a person and you'll understand yourself better and there will be a lot of positives but you're going to go to some dark places and right. it's going to suck and you're going to feel like you're never going to be fucking done with the edit. And you're going to tell people like I did at the fucking 27th and 30th edit that like I'm done. And it, people will start to be like, yeah, OK, you know, and then you <laughs> won't be fucking done and you'll feel like it's never going to be done. And you're going to feel like it's never going to be good enough. And, you know, it's it's tough. Like it's it's you're going to you're going to have a hard time sleeping. You're going to be like thinking about the fucking book while you're sleeping. Constantly. It's just. 
it's rough. And then you, it also fucked up my like ability to work out as much too, because I felt like every hour or two that I would spend working out was like, it would literally diminish my mental capacity to be super creative and write well. So yeah, I got in probably the worst shape when I was writing the book. Um, it's a process. So it's rough. Yeah, it, wow. it, it's rough, and it's wow. something that like there's a reason why no fucking celebrities ever write their own book. Like ever, ever, ever. Like every person has a fucking ghostwriter. Right. Like I, I thought David Goggins like had written his whole thing, but like you know there was a ghostwriter. There's like always a ghostwriter well, involved. The, they need to you know help you to curb it and to keep it on track too. You know so yeah. And you said something which brings me to this question. Um, um, when you were asked or when you decide to do this. Was it right away? Sure. Or was it like, eh, you know, how no, long? He did... d- I think he decided. Yeah. I, I, I wrote it or, well, I had a ghostwriter write it in 2016. Right. Okay. And it just, you know, wasn't my voice. Okay. And so. See, I read, that's what I read about something. That's why I was wondering. But I want to know from your end, it was like, you know, the go ahead of like, cause you know, we all are kind of like, oh, let's see. Oh. Goggins was the one that inspired me. Okay. That's, you know, that's he, what I want to know. He wrote his book. He crushed it. He, mm-hmm. you know, touched a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It was really good for him. He made a lot of money. And that was kind of like his rise. I've been okay. following him since like 2007. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, wow. I met him at a fucking Ferrari dealership when we were both window shopping <laughs> in like the win in 2007. And I came up to him and I was like, hey, man, like huge fan of you. Nobody probably knew who the fuck this guy was. There's like a few <laughs> YouTube videos about him like running. And he had, I was like super into fitness and he had run 250 miles. It's like wow. further than a yeah. goddamn suburban. I've seen him running by my house. Yeah, he like I remember he ran further than a suburban could go on a full tank of gas, and I was like, okay, <laughs> this dude's like, you know. He's... Do you think the Japanese would know him in the street? No, fuck no, <laughs> I don't no. think so. Yeah, <laughs> he'd probably get attention, like a blonde or black <laughs> right. guy, either one. Like in Japan, it's like that's what always is this? the case, right? Yeah, it's always a blonde. No, or blonde chicks crush the modeling, <laughs> they, and then the I black guy's me, like, I'm... who is? Because my best friend's black, and he's like, we're in Japan together. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, he got more attention than I did. That's the thing. So, is something that you're proud of. It is. It is because it took me a lot of fucking work and it's honest and it's, you know, um, I think it's an answer to a lot of like what my fans, a lot of them look at me as this superhuman guy or this like action figure or whatever Mm -hmm. the fuck it is. I mean, I know because of how they come up to me and like, oh my God, I'm just like, listen, dude, I'm a human being. Here's what I fucking did. The good, the bad. Like if you want to know. And there was just so much curiosity about me. I didn't put out a lot of information. I didn't, I never had a YouTube channel. I was just like, didn't really do a lot of interviews. Um, I was just more interested in living my life um, than I was kind of like document. I said no to all the all the TV shows and 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 whatever. And so it was just a point when COVID hit. I just felt like it was time to tell the story. Like there was enough people that wanted to know, and I felt like I was so misunderstood. Yeah. Um, that I just kind of wanted to just you know let people know how where I started where I ended up and how I got there. You know? Well, that's why I'm glad you're here today. And thank you for being yeah. here because I just, like I said, I wanted the audience to know, like, you know, I just want to just get Dan, you know, like we'll ask a couple of questions about, but I just want to get Dan and the mushroom start of this was the best start of this whole thing and, yeah. and just go from there. So, um, you know, but we're great to have you and any last questions from you want to ask? I mean, I could go on for a long time, I like but I want to be respectable. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, you can write a book, but just, just make sure you start with Christmas first and then what? Christmas book first and go from there. Oh, no, no Christmas yeah. books. She could actually write but, a pretty good book. She's got um, some pretty good stuff going Yeah, on. I just want to thank you for your time and, and hanging mm-hmm. out with us. And, yeah. and we really appreciate it. We know you're busy. So. Yeah, no worries. Thank you for reading yeah. the book. I, uh, and give me the feedback. Like I said, I always like it from the females because, or, or anybody that's not in my like target demo. Mm-hmm. Like I had this like super liberal woman that, was she was like running a hedge fund or something and she was attractive and she's a little bit older and she loved the book and i was like okay 
That's when I knew I was like, okay, right. it's, it's done. You know, like it's it's hitting demographics that are way outside the wheelhouse. Well, and, and my my daughter is like, why do you have that? And I'm and that was like a perfect opportunity for me to be like, oh well, do you know who that is? And what do you think? Right. And it's so funny the perception that people have it's of the you. Same stock. So answer. I said. Oh, before you listen to everyone else, I said, maybe you should pick it up and read it. And guess what? Oh. She fucking read it. She picked it up. It was in her room. And I was like, huh. And then yeah. my other daughter saw your, uh, he sent me some fucking Ignite. Okay. Uh, what the fuck do you call them? The, the vapes? The vapes, mm. yeah. And she goes, mom, why do you have these? I was like, oh, Dan sent them. And she's like, what? And she goes, can I take a few? I'm like, are you going to smoke them? She's like, no, I'm going to sell them in Utah. Everyone loves these. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to laugh and I'm like, fine. Little, you little, little entrepreneur. Little hustler. <laughs> so funny. That's so funny. So, um, yeah, she goes, Aaliyah said that, that she read the book. I was like, oh, do you want to read the book too? And she's like, yeah, I want to look at it. So I was like, all right, cool. So the, that's like a, a younger generation that, um, yeah, they yeah. they have their eyes on you too. So no, I think it's I think it's good. I think it also gives people, like you said, an example of you know somebody that's very like misunderstood. Mm -hmm. And I and I really think I am. And I and a part of it is obviously like my fault because I put this like ten percent highlight reel of like the craziest time of my life out there for like ten years, and it was for a purpose. Um, I you know look I, I I think that I've probably caused a decent amount of misconceptions, like the trust fund thing. Like everybody right. thinks that I had this big trust fund and mm -hmm. I didn't make money in poker, but I kind of created that because I never really like argued. In fact, I think the first time I ever even like said that I had made my money from poker was on Joe Rogan. And okay. I was like, at the time I was like, do I want to say this? Like, because <laughs> like it had gotten me so much fucking money and right. so much access into these games that I was like, I was okay with it. And I didn't care if people thought that I was an idiot. In fact, the dumber they thought that I was, the more games I would get yeah, into and the right. more people want to gamble big money with me. So it's kind of like when you're when you're gambling, you want people to think you're the fucking idiot. Mm -hmm. Right? Because like if they're not the sucker, you're it, right? <laughs> Someone's so, gotta like, be the sucker. When I was there. reading it, I wanted to message him and be like, Hey Dan, do you think we can like go into business? Like I'm gonna start playing poker. <laughs> that would be you never know. You should. Here's so. the thing. You just have to find somebody worse than you. Like, you don't have to be the best. And this is a concept that these idiot motherfuckers that play online can never get through their thick skulls, is that it's not about how good you are. It's about how bad your opponent is. And it's also about, like, how they perceive you and getting them to play terrible against you. That's the biggest part of poker. Right. That's how you make the money. And making the money was the only fucking reason I played poker. Like, right. I didn't play yeah. it for an ego thing. It wasn't so I could show people bracelets or brag about, like, my poker prowess. No, I want to make a lot of fucking money. And I wanted to have freedom and I want to be able to do whatever the fuck I wanted to do. And that was my path to get there. I saw it. I saw an opportunity. It was like at the beginning, the infancy of when poker kind of mm -hmm. like came about. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, this is, this is my path. You know, kind of like I recognized crypto early on, you know, I made mm -hmm. a lot of money smart on fucking dudes. crypto. Yeah, I mean, I've smart. been, that's one of the one things I feel like I'm pretty good at is like seeing, you know, something that is going to be successful right. early. Like the first Maxim magazine I ever read, I was like, people are going to like this. First UFC fight I ever saw, people are going to like this. Right. You know, because it answers. How do you know? It's a skill. Does it answer questions? Like, mm -hmm. like, like UFC answers the questions that all these guys have. Like, 
who's the, ba- you know, it's like who would win in a fight, Superman or Batman, right? Like, well, yeah, UFC right. was like, who I ask w- myself that all the time. Well, as a kid, you do, right? Like, so, so I'm saying, like, as an adult, it's like, who would win, the Taekwondo guy or the jujitsu guy or the Muay Thai guy? You know, like, everybody yeah. kind of like, who, how would the boxer do against the sumo wrestler? Well, they oh, yeah. answer those fucking questions, right? So you get to find out, you need to find out in real time. And so, I don't know. I just knew that people were going to be interested in that. And, you know, sure enough, they were. And Maxim kind of like, you know, it had stuff about girls, you mm-hmm. know. And and I think there's a lot. I mean, guys really are fascinated by women. I mean, they really are. And they spend an inordinate amount of time trying to attract them or whatever. And so anything that can A kind lot of, of time. Yeah. As, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't realize before I came on this podcast, but that's kind of like what you guys specialize on, yeah. so you know. Yeah. Wait, so right? you didn't watch, you had no idea what you no. were getting into? I just knew you read my book, you had a you know decent following, and that you liked my book, and that you spoke intelligently about it, and that was all I needed. Just like Michael Sartain, I knew I wasn't going to get anything out of that podcast, but he had read my book, I respected yeah. him, mm. and it, you know we had a great conversation. Did I sell a lot of books? No, but I don't give a fuck. Like, it was about like having an intelligent dialogue, you know? And so... Yeah. I just, um, I don't know. My buddy Bill was like, yeah, you should take every podcast that's big. And, you know, and I'm like, no, I'd rather do smaller podcasts of people that I'm going to talk intelligently with than just some big fucking audience that we're going to have, you know, a nonsensical dialogue. I feel the same way. Like I gravitate to the smaller companies because I almost want to grow with them and see them do well. Yeah. Well, for me, it's just like, like I said, it's, if they read the book, if they're going to be intelligent, we can have a good conversation, you know, right. Right. So, so what do you see, um, as far as like, you know, with, um, with your insight and foresight, um, anything in the future that you're looking at right now that you might want to share as far Um, as like, Oh, as far as like early yeah. picks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quick yeah. Um, I mean, look, I, I, and I'm not talking, I'm talking horses, Dan. No, I I talk, you. <laughs> you know, I think crypto is going to win. Yeah. I mean, and I've known that since like, like I said, when I got into it in 2012, 13, um, it just makes sense. It's one of those things where we need it. Like right. we absolutely need it. Um, banks are a pain in the ass. Um, I mean, we're printing fucking dollars. I mean, it's just. It, it makes total sense. Okay, um, I just invested a lot into a um, mining company. Actually, a friend of ours, um, one of my really good friends, he he's really good at the crypto world and knows a lot of the big players. And um, he literally, um, they they opened up or starting one. We actually opened up a plant in New York, and there's a few more in that area, the upstate New York, that we're actually opening up as well. And now that China's kind of folded with their stuff, there's a lot of the Chinese going to them um, with our business now, trying to uh, you know get their stuff into the mining over there as well. So, do you think that's a good route to go? Um, I don't know a ton about the mining, okay. but if okay. like, I mean, basically I think mining is like, if you believe in the coin, you'll make more money mining than you mm-hmm. would just buying the That's coin, correct. but it's kind of a pain in the ass. So it's kind of, you're just betting on the coin, but you're just betting a little heavier. I mean, it's almost like buying the coin with leverage, okay. except you don't really have the exposure with the leverage. Like if you do five X leverage and the thing goes down 20%, you get stopped out. Right. right? But like right. if you're mining, you know, you know what your costs are, your fixed costs, as long as that's sustainable for you. You know, I don't know. I I looked into mining a little bit. Okay. It's just kind of like I, I didn't want to do the work. Right. I'm not saying it's not a good idea. I just didn't want, you know. <laughs> right. And and it's also more of a long-term play. Yeah, and, and that's why as well, because like you said, it's just it's just a stable play versus like whether the, you know, the currency world's going up or down. This yeah. just continues to ride, you know. To you just got to pick out. the right horse. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know? yeah. Like I, I like Ethereum a lot just because it's got a good function and they're using it. Um, they're using it a lot. You need to figure out their gas prices, but... Um, <laughs> I, I believe in that one. I've been a long-term believer in that. Bitcoin, I'm a little bit like, I mean, that was kind of like my first bet and mm-hmm. I went all in on that. Um, once again, they got to figure out their gas prices. Like if Bitcoin isn't a functional currency, I don't necessarily believe in the idea that it's going to be a store of wealth. Um, right. It could, 
I, you know, like a lot of these things, you know, it's like Ponzi scheme ish um, mm -hmm. with like, you know, the new shit coins or whatever. But at the end of the day, if everybody keeps fucking piling in and supply outweighs demand, then the goddamn price is going to go up. It's, yeah. You know, it's not yeah. rocket yeah. science. Right. So, um, you know, can something win if the fundamentals aren't there? Yeah. If people keep buying it, like, I mean, you know, fucking Elon single handedly made Dogecoin a success. Right. So, I mean, like a lot of this is hype. A lot of this is, you know, people just following the fucking herd, right. which and is there's going to continue do. to be more of those in there as well as, mm -hmm. as time goes on, too. So I, I have my money on Ethereum. Yeah. I'm with him and you on that for mm -hmm. sure. Ethereum. A bit. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. All right, guys. Well, we, we're going to stop this one, man. We could keep you here all day. So let's just all go to lunch and continue the conversation, I yes. guess, right? Yeah. Do we have a question for him? <laughs> oh, I do. Yes. Yeah. So, Dan, we always ask a question at the end, and you're going to be the first one to answer this thing because that's what okay. we do. We put our guests in the hot seat and just have them answer <laughs> it. Um, and as usual, I'm going to search for it. All right. So here's our question. Hey, Christopher and Jamie, love the show and see you guys are crushing it on social media. So a good friend of mine turned me on to the show a few months ago, and I have literally listened to and watched every episode. Great stuff, and I'm a huge fan. So here's my question. I'm a model and have a pretty good Instagram following. I do a lot of lingerie and bikini shoots and travel a ton. When I'm not working, I consider myself a nerd who loves to read books and cook a lot at home. I'm always open to meeting new girls to form friendships with, but feel most of them start judging me because of what I do and have the wrong idea of who I really am. How do I break that stereotype and just get people to like me for me? Sign, what, WTF, what the fuck? Make as much money as you possibly can in the shortest amount of time. Only fans, whatever you got to do, make the money, don't spend it, bank it, buy a business, and become a you know normal human being because right. you're not going to be modeling forever. So it's like you know make the money now, just like if you're doing bottle service, but don't be like one of these fucking bitches that makes ten grand a month and then spends fucking ten grand a month because that doesn't do anything for you long term other than to set the bar high and make it so that you have to then fucking make ten grand a month. Like live how you've been living, make more money, save it, bank it, buy a business, get get a positive cash flow. Like, I mean, buy a business that brings in two, $300,000 a year, and then you can live off that, your business, you know, you can grow value in your business, or you could, you know, anytime you could sell the business, it's like, but then you have passive income, you can budget, live on that. You can be a normal, respectable member of society, and people <laughs> won't judge you, and you'll have done it all on your own. All right, you got yeah. that answer. What say you? Um, I'm I'm thinking she doesn't need to have like a big group of friends. I'm always like an advocate of I'd rather have two dimes than twenty pennies. So um, yeah, I think she needs to have maybe like a smaller group and not worry so much on right. Yeah, like, all the friends and then like Dan said, um, yeah, maybe like diversify a little bit. She can't have like all her eggs in one basket, so she needs to find something else. Right. Because modeling is not going to last forever. <laughs> you got a shelf life, girl. I agree with uh, what both of these guys have said. So just basically just, you know, keep your small group from I'm sure you already have a group of friends that you probably love and they love you just for who you are, even probably before you started your modeling and shit. So just stick with that group, do your thing. And like I said, save, put some money into something and just live your life. Don't worry about anybody else. Because if you're going to be your friends, they're going to be your friends. Fuck everybody else. That's my yeah, answer. I like it. All right. All right. All right. You can find Dan on social media. What's your handle in, buddy? Uh, Dan Bilzerian. All right, Jamie, go ahead. And we'll put it up there. I'm Jamie underscore Villamore. And make sure you guys check out Microtech. I love them. They have the best blades ever. And shout out to Arms Corps for the ammo that we are giving to Dan. All right. And you can find me at Christopher at dating-intelligence.com and anything on social media with dating intelligence. All right, guys. This is another episode. And Dan, thank you so much for coming today, man. All Appreciate right. it. Woo! <laughs> We're out. <laughs>